Hello, friends. Welcome to episode 98 of Storyteller Conclave. This is a show all about helping you run the best tabletop role-playing game that you can. Whether you're a new storyteller or dungeon master learning the craft, or an experienced storyteller looking to take your game to the next level. I'm Sarah. I'm Rob. How are we doing, Rob? Um, I think you said it best in the live chat. It's kind of a weird day of just down. Yeah, you had a massive headache I all did. day today. I did. I'm having a depression day. Didn't sleep last night. It's just, uh, we're, we're just batting a thousand today, so. Uh, but it is our Wednesday therapy session. It is. It is here to share time with our friends, talk about our favorite hobbies, and, uh, we got a lot of questions from, from our Discord. Wonderful questions with that. Really, really great questions. Uh, so, uh, thank you guys all in advance for that. Uh, obviously we're going to, we're going to get to that later like we always do, but, uh, mm-hmm. just really overjoyed to see the, uh, to see the engagement this week. It was very really, much, it was so, really very much so. Um, but, uh, so this, this week we are talking a little bit about, um, kind of flipping the script to your ter- typical narrative flow. Yeah. I mean, there's a, a lot of different ways to, to have your traditional story, you know, players searching for something, um, you know, trying to take down an obvious big bad guy, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, the, the kind of things that are, they're out there, but a lot of things that aren't talked about is the feeling hunted yeah. without it being a survival horror. You know? <laughs> right, right, right. I mean, in survival horror, that's, that's kind of the default, but like, yeah. well, what if, what if you're like just in a typical adventuring D and D game? I mean, your, your, your typical narrative flow mm-hmm. is what we'll call it, like a proactive flow yeah yeah you know um where you know you're going to start every session by saying okay adventurers what do you want to do and it's like the the, the world is their oyster mm-hmm. they can choose to go wherever they're the ones making the choices they're the ones driving the narrative and stuff right. like that but like what if you end up in one of those situations where like you have royally ticked the bad guy off and now he's trying to hunt you down or you've stolen an artifact from i mean mm-hmm. whether it's the big bad art big, big big bad evil guy or not or yeah or just even the the people you stole it from you know where do you really begin those and and a lot of times when you look at adventures like that you, you know you took you look at your normal flow because it gives your players a lot of space they they have agency to do what they want yeah they it uh helps you step away from railroading because you're not writing the story. Mm-hmm. You're able to just let them kind of progress through the plot. It lets them tell a story that they want to tell and give you pieces as they go. Um, plot twists become kind of unexpected outcomes. Um, but the rea- it is less reactive and more proactive. Right, right, right. And usually your plot twist is because your players have proactively done something. Right. And then you get a twist out of it. Um and, and you know you typically return to like a sense of normal mm-hmm. you know you've got even though you might go out and have adventures weird stuff will happen you always kind of come back to this like okay we're going to set up camp for the night we're going to get our long rest or whatever you know i, I mean i'm using very dungeons and dragons fifth yeah, edition yeah, words yeah, yeah. for it but you know you, you kind of understand the, the 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 point of like okay we're gonna you know we're we're done we get to rest on our own terms everybody's kind of relaxed the plot is resolved at least resolved enough for right this moment right and we can start fresh again the next session mm-hmm. so like how do you how do you flip that the opposite direction and without turning it into like one huge running chase scene or you know, over overwhelming your uh, like my my big worry about something like this is overwhelming my players with anxiety. Yeah, and I I think that's the key when you're talking about anything uh, related to uh, a chase mechanic or a hunted mechanic. Your first thought is anxiety mm-hmm. is is mm-hmm. that it's creating tension, but I don't necessarily feel that it has to be as tension-driven. And a good story is going to have tension at its points where it needs it. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of times these stories start from a place of comfort, especially when you're only getting it from their perspective. For instance, if you're only seeing Pirates of the Caribbean from Will Turner's perspective, he's just a dude who worked at a you know, as a a blacksmith Mm -hmm. and he's got a girl that he's interested in, but she's way out of his league. Oh yeah. He has no idea what's about to happen in his hometown until his girlfriend gets stolen from him. Mm Mm-hmm. His almost girlfriend gets stolen from him. Some weird ass pirate shows up. Then more pirates show up, and then he loses his girlfriend. Right. But he now knows how to get his girlfriend back. And so in that, it it's a chase that starts differently. Mm Mm-hmm. And 
that's the whole thing is is that not all chases are equal. Not all chases are the A team where yeah, they're yeah, literally yeah. chased constantly. Mm-hmm. You know, or you know where you've got a a you know cartel that's coming after you because you wronged them right at the beginning. That's not a bad way to start. Mm-hmm. It's you know, uh, um, and media res is is a great way to to open things. It's like there's nothing quite like being on a ship and having people firing on you as your opening scene. Right, right. You know, but your players have to very quickly figure out what the heck's going on. Mm-hmm. You know, and. Maybe they don't know. Maybe they're just waking up to the fact that they're on a ship and somebody on that ship is being taken for some reason mm-hmm. and or trying to be overtaken. And at that point, now you, you get to move through it. But it, you don't have to start at a point of, of disconcerning anxiety. You can start at a point of calm, in fact, where they don't know what's going on mm-hmm. and then move into that. Um, I actually prefer starting from a place of comfort. In a lot of those stories, that's when I look at things like that, I look at people who have not realized what they've put themselves into until it's too late. And those kinds of stories, like Willow is a good example of that. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Like, oh, it's a baby. What's wrong with a baby? A baby's fine. Wolves just attacked your town. Um, what do you mean wolves? Wolves larger than the largest person in your town tried to kill everyone in your town looking for baby baskets. Oh, oh that sock baby's a sock baby jesus sock yeah. saver to the sock people no indeed burger indeed. yes <laughs> so it's those kind of stories where the MacGuffin is is wrapped in something that always kind of intrigues me mm-hmm. but like it doesn't put you in immediately off-putting state it's kind of nice to start that way and it doesn't no, mean the no, first no, no, adventure yeah. even your your session zero you don't even have to let them know that it's going to be exactly, that way exactly exactly in, in fact it, that, that that's that'd be a fun one like I I know I like to say keep your milk run completely unconnected to plot, but 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 if you're gonna roll into this trope, that's gonna be a fun one to do. Indeed. Hey, here's your milk run. Go to the dungeon, grab this harmless little thing. It's like a little crystal. Yeah, just bring it back. You're gonna fight some goblins. Yeah. It's a great level two ex- ad- adventure. Yep. All right, cool. We go in. We find we find and remove traps. Mm-hmm. We kill some goblins. Oh, a goblin chieftain, guys. Yep. That's extra XP for us. Yep. yep. We come home. We got fifty gold in our pocket. Yep. This is effing awesome. All right. Go buy some stuff. And then you find out that crystal. <laughs> It's well, like you find out later when you go back to the guy that you got the original quest from, like, hey, he's I ne- been murdered. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're like, oh, mm-hmm. and his daughter's trying to find his murderer, right? And come to find out, like, you're not supposed to find out that murderer because someone's looking for whoever ran the previous job. And you're like, don't know who those guys are. We should probably leave town and go find a different yeah. guy to get a quest from. So let me let me ask you a question here sure. too, and I, I I might be getting a little off script from our from our thing here. No, no, but, no, no. go um, for it. How do you um how do you handle um getting your players to understand that this is a pursuit and kind of a chase mm-hmm. that they should flee from rather than something they should turn, dig in their heels, and engage with? Well, okay, so let's let's talk about setting setting the pace sure. for you. Okay. So if you've got no matter what you physically throw at the PCs, they will attempt to fight it. Yes. That is always the truth. Yes. Regardless of how heroic level or how you know low level it is. Mm-hmm. You throw something giant at the players, regardless if they've ever played a day of D&D in their life, you could throw a Tarrasque at them and they would attempt to try and do something. <laughs> Even if they're level two. Why? Because mm-hmm. they're PCs and that's what they do. Yeah. They think that there's a, an option for win. On the other hand, if you set a situation that they can't fight, you give them something that is part of the environment that the losses has already occurred. Mm -hmm. They don't know what they're fighting. All they know is that a, it wiped out half the town guard to get to a guy in an inn, ravaged his room and literally tore him out of his house through the window Mm -hmm. to get him out of the town and into the woods. And you find his body in the woods wrecked. Okay. 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 So So now you're like, you lace it with a little bit of horror and you say this is what you're dealing with, right? And you f- you make them make the make the decision of oh nope, yeah, and like okay, that sounds like a terrible idea. If they go to investigate it, they get more information on it. Mm-hmm. Okay, every step of information is always laced with another person saying how horrific or horrible or terrifying or large or what it's embedded in, so that 
it becomes something larger. Listen to your players and listen to their base design of what they consider is great. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. And then add on to that greatness in, hor- in a terrifying way. So so the trick isn't confronting them with the thing. It's mm-hmm. confronting NPCs with the thing and letting the NPCs say, you don't want to screw with this thing. And right, right. letting them draw that conclusion. Right. The moment that they're like, hey, can we get a map to go to this area? No one's ever made a map of that area because no one goes there and lives who the heck are you mm-hmm. what why would you want to go into that area you know and now the town guard is asking them questions like why do you want to know information about this like now you're a question you know you're a suspect oh i'm i just want to go help you want to go help by going into no no mm-hmm. th- this is this is wrong you know and then you start having the underworld start talking to them or maybe they get information from the underworld because the underworld doesn't want to talk to them. Mm-hmm. You know, now you've got fear. Now, if every time they go to talk to somebody, they're not getting information. They have to shake people down. They have to dig deeper until they eventually find out what it is, why this person's being hunted. And now they've let the cat out of the bag. They're the ones who should be hunted. Mm-hmm. Now everything turns. Everything around them gets darker. They've raised enough suspicion that the eyes have seen them right. for who they are. Yeah, And now maybe people who they who were talking to them before are no longer talking to them. Mm-hmm. Doors are closing, shutter, you know, shutters are closing when they walk by. You know, the lord of the town wants to have dinner with them suddenly. Yeah, yeah. You know, he he wouldn't he doesn't give an audience to anyone. You've made that very clear for the last two adventurers. Mm-hmm. And now he wants to meet with them personally to discuss this clear and present danger in the town and how they'll help him get rid of the danger. Yep. And as they approach that, they can see the entire gar- garrison that he has are armored to the teeth, mm-hmm. heavily weaponized, that maybe there's a few extra mages in the area and sigils that weren't there before. Maybe this is an ambush. <laughs> <laughs> So you've got you've got a, you've set up a situation then now mm-hmm. where you, where your PCs are kind of off their guard, right? They're, um, where, they're but they're becoming aware. They're becoming aware, and uh, but 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 they're I would say they're kind of on their back foot. Yeah, I would um, I would say the the opening of any the beginning of any of that story arc would always be the players are on their back foot. Either they don't fully comprehend what it is they have, mm-hmm. they know they're 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 being hunted or danger is close to them. And they're slowly discovering what that is. Right, 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 right. So now mostly your choices, you still have like, you still have agency. Completely. In the situation. Yep. Um, but you're kind of, you're kind of um, setting the scope for where those decisions need to be made mm-hmm. and how to react to this antagonistic force now. Yep. Um, and even if, the, you know, even if the reason for the pursuit is, is, is still a mystery to them, um, they still have to discover all that well under this duress. Well, doors are closing to them, and you know things are you know p- mm-hmm. bad guys are moving in on them and stuff like that. So yeah, or at least positioning. So a, a good example that I saw that um, that I, I liked was the uh, concept that the players step into it knowing some of the stakes of how you're playing your game. Mm-hmm. You're, you maybe your opening session is a combat session, but it's not with the main part of the plot it's getting them to wherever that is maybe there's goblins that have been attacking this town and they end up going into the town and while there they meet up with this guy who has information because he's been hunkered down there he was on his way somewhere else but he's got this you know uh he's got notes about a dungeon that he's got to go into he's now injured so he can't go in there Mm -hmm. right so he sends you you go into the dungeon, you take care of the the minor thing that he needed to take care of. You know, it doesn't seem like it's a big deal. Yeah, it probably would have been a bigger deal if you hadn't had the information that he had. You know, but you get out of there and you get back to him. You get back to him and he's not there. Mm-hmm. He's been abducted. And it, when the abduction is found, you know, guard, by guards or whoever, he's not alive. Mm-hmm. And he's been basically stripped and everything taken from him and scattered his room's been wrecked and things like that now the players have their choices they could just take off Mm -hmm. they could be like i don't want to be anywhere near this guy this is a terrible idea we should go find a new person or they could dig into it either way that they go that's their agency that's that's the part you're talking about is gives them an option Mm -hmm. whatever is next is always where they end up yeah and that's the key that's where they discover the truth of what's going on. That's when you step into that bridge mm-hmm. and get them a bit more of why they're being thing and what it is. And this is the hardest part, I think, is figuring out 
what it is that's doing it, what's causing all this to happen and mm-hmm. making it as blunt as humanly possible. Yeah, yeah. Keeping it very clear. Like the a good example of that is when uh, Frodo shows up in Rivendell and they're sitting at the council. He's just listening in as they're basically talking about this ring of superpower that has to be destroyed. Why? Well, we could use it as a weapon. We could use No, 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 no. <laughs> this needs to be destroyed. Mm-hmm. Like clear without question has to be destroyed. Why? Because the moment that this guy gets it, he's going to become corporeal and we're done. Yeah. We're, we're back to zero again. And it is him. We could kill him a million times. That ring, as long as it's around, he's around. Yeah. That's it. So it's it's a very blunt way of doing it. You know, we have pirates coming after us. Why? Because they're after the coin. Why is the coin so important to them? Well, let me tell you about this, you know, story. Right, 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 right. You know, uh, Willow's another one. Even though they're not the one, they're being chased, they're being chased for a child who is a, who's a prophecy. Mm-hmm. You know, that everyone agrees with, even the big, especially the big bad evil person, they're making it happen. They're like, oh, no, 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 this child has to die. Why? Because if it doesn't die, I don't become a god of this land. Mm-hmm. Oh, Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, so it's it's those kind of moments that you have to define very clearly to the players what it is that this MacGuffin is forcing and that there's that there's literally a very limited way of handling it. They may come up with a more creative idea for handling it than you. Then be prepared to change the ending a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's absolutely. nothing wrong with that. Now, once once your antagonists or, or sorry, once your protagonists mm-hmm. find um basically what the plot is going on and stuff at like that um does your does your plot change from a reactive story to a proactive story do, does it does at that point do they start getting to make decisions about how to react to the antagonist or are they or can you still continue the chase well it depends on the the square that you're dealing with so for mm-hmm. instance if if you've determined that your macguffin is a object to finish something mm-hmm. it can still be a chase because it's a it's a race then to the end okay. okay you know on the other hand if the macguffin is something that needs to you know a, a destruction it's used for a final piece whatever if it is the um keystone on the other hand meaning mm-hmm. removing that piece in some way destroys everything do they get rid of it? Do they lose it? Do they whatever? So, and that's where you your bridge can change. That's where the the middle of the story can alter a little bit, and you can make some decisions. Like mm-hmm. the players at that point kind of have that that wiggle room to be able to say, okay, do we just go get rid of it, right? Mm-hmm. And you can be like, okay, you want to get rid of it? All right, well, you know, let's let's see who you can get rid of it. And it, depending on how successful they are, maybe they get rid of it to the wrong person. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe they put their trust in the wrong group, and then now it's taken. Now it's another race. Now it's them racing in a proactive way. On the other hand, maybe in the process of doing that, they get involved in another group. You know, so now they're again having to eventually build up to facing the big bad evil guy in some way. Mm-hmm. But it all comes down to what does your MacGuffin do? What is its purpose, and how is it? Is it something to be removed? Is it something to be used? Is it something to be uh, to be kept away? Mm-hmm. You know, and it, all of those have different things. If you just want to keep it away from them, that becomes kind of a problem because the bad guy's never going to stop. There's always going to be someone going after it. Well, at that at that point too, um, I mean, you may if you're if if you have the flexibility to do so in your story, create a circumstance during which a past a period of time your MacGuffin becomes useless to your to your to your uh, antagonist. Like mm-hmm. you know, he has to you know look the the, the baby sort mm-hmm. of thing. Like yeah, sure, he might just keep pursuing that baby, but. If he doesn't sacrifice that baby under the new moon, mm-hmm. then, you know, by, by the spring equinox or something like that, right. then it, he doesn't get to ascend to whatever, right. you know, evil godhood or, you know, just making stuff up here. But, but again, that's the same thing is, is that there's know, a, it's a pinnacle point that has to be removed at just the right time. Yeah. yeah and yeah, at yeah, that yeah. point, it, fall, it his plan falls apart versus the world falling apart. Right. Kind of thing. Right, 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 right. So it, it all comes down to the timing and feel to create that final conflict. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And where your players want to handle that. Like, are they being surrounded? Are they going to take it to the sea? Are they going to, you know, your final conflict doesn't have to be something pre-mapped in your head. And mm-hmm. shouldn't be, in all honesty. Your players are going to help you make that final conflict. Yeah. You yeah. know, the final yeah. countdown, if you will. 
And you know, it's 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 really interesting what you can what you can actually get. I think I think chase scenes like this are uh, or pursuit plots. I should probably call mm-hmm. them Ch- chase scenes are, are on the on the micro scale. Pursuit Correct. plots are really like reactive plots are very on, on the on the macro scale. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think they're a really great time to see um, what inventive stuff your players come up with mm-hmm. because when you put them under the pressure of like you know your enemies are bound everywhere mm-hmm. and you've got this deadline and you've got this hot item that you know everybody's looking for for wheel or for woe um, they say necessity is the mother of invention mm-hmm. and you put your PCs under a little bit of pressure you're going to be really surprised with some of the creative stuff they come up with right. some of the NPCs that now they suddenly trust and will call in like mm-hmm. you're like that guy was a shopkeeper from 8 games ago but they had a minor rapport with him and now they're going to try to you know yeah see if he knows someone they can pawn this thing off on or something yeah. oh, okay yeah i guess he's coming back then you know well and and what's interesting is is that um although your MacGuffin can sometimes be a physical object or a thing that they're carrying or something like that there's nothing to say that it can't be information mm-hmm. and information that doesn't fit anywhere else but they know as fact so for instance maybe they know the king is going to be killed without a doubt there's going to be an assassinata- assassination attempt on the king at his you know winter cottage you know in this beautiful area right Mm -hmm. they know that for a fact they know what day it's going to be on and it is literally a thousand miles away Mm -hmm. right they've got to get there to you know but the thing is is that any message spell they use any kind of communication method is either a too slow or b they have no rapport whatsoever Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. and so now they're racing to get there while elements are noticing that they're on their way and that they're communicating with all these people to try and stop this thing. Mm. So now you've got all of these side elements trying to stop them from getting to the final conflict. So that's a different way of looking at the same type of hunted plot, Mm -hmm. you know, where it's like, how do you stop that, you know, that arrow from being cast, you know, and, can you get there in time or can you communicate with the right people in time and get the rapport just right so that at the end you can be there to stop it? Yeah. 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 You know, and how do you handle that now? Now it's crafty. Now it's creative. Now, now you have no idea, but you could have any number of people as a storyteller stopping them Mm -hmm. that maybe you never even thought like would come up with. Maybe there's a lot of people who want that King done. Maybe that King needs to die. Yeah. But not right now. Because mm-hmm. his death means the following things. Yes, yes. So now the players are making a decision like, okay, well, we have to stop this. I don't want, you know, maybe maybe he does, but like his son is literally going to take us to war instantaneously because this is going to seem as an act of war. If we all go to war, we're going to lose. Like he is, his son is silly. So now it's a matter of, okay, we have all these things going on. Secondly, the guy who's going to be in charge is not his son, it's going to be that guy who's a jerk and who's just going to puppet the son and do whatever he wants because he's really the great nephew of the other country that they're going to go to war with. Right, right, right. So they're just going to merge the countries and now we're even more screwed, you know? Mm-hmm. It's always interesting to see how much you can tie together just letting the players talk mm-hmm. and hear where things come out during these kinds of hunted plots. Because hunted comes in a lot of forms. Yeah, yeah, it really does. It does. So. All right, so where do chase scenes like this then, or again, I keep calling them chase scenes, where do hunted, where do, we'll where, hunted. do where, where do hunted plots like this uh, start to fall apart? Um, I, I mean, I, I can think of I can think of a couple couple uh, pitfalls to avoid. I'm I'm thinking we should hold the the railroading to the end because that's an easy one to fall into. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so. Uh, for me, um, and I think I mentioned this earlier, is that uh, prolonged chases here can be really exhausting uh, to both the players and the characters alike. Um, there was a, a, a the the obligatory critical role mention of the uh, of, of the podcast here. They uh, actually recently had a uh, a hunted plot like that where. Um, they were kind of uh, uh, side by side with the bad, with the big bad evil guy, mm-hmm. um, who was just you know keeping an eye on them, right? Because they had an artifact that he wanted, and he thought maybe they could work together. But mm-hmm. there was, of course, there was a tension. Like they they mm-hmm. both nobody was under the impression that 
they were not enemies, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but he was just trying to be nice about getting this thing from them. Mm-hmm. And hoping they would hand it over peacefully. And then, apparently, he got sick of that and stole their artifact in the middle of the night. Ooh. Stole literally their entire bag of holding and absconded oh. with it. Sorry if this is huge spoilers for you guys, but this is like 10 episodes ago, so you should You're be fine. caught up. You're fine. Um, and for like the next two, uh, well, and, 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 and really this is this has gone on for a little while, because mm-hmm. then they, so they had to go and pursue them and get the thing back. But once they did, like, they had to flee from combat with the MacGuffin while being chased because they mm-hmm. were not going to give it up. And these right. are powerful dudes um, who are trying to hunt them down and they are strung out and exhausted. Like they didn't get a full rest. Mm-hmm. They, they found out at three in the morning, basically that they'd been robbed. Mm-hmm. And so pitch dark battle in the middle of the night yep. to get this thing. Nobody has any spell slots. They spent what the little they had left mm-hmm. um, polymorphing themselves into like giant eagles so that they could fly off. Mm-hmm being hunted down and it was a tense couple of episodes mm-hmm. and then they got back on their feet mm-hmm. some some things happened they had their their relaxation their safe harbor mm-hmm. and now they stole something from another group of people ironically enough to hide them from the first group of people mm-hmm. and now they're being chased by a completely different group yep and yep. we're right back on the hunt nothing and wrong it's, with it's that. back to being so super tense but you can just you can feel it like just watching it mm-hmm. is exhausting. Yeah, you know, because you're 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 into it. You're experiencing this tension. You're experiencing the constant anxiety of we can't stop. We don't have any resources. We right. don't have any friends. Where do we go? Right. We're burning bridges every time we talk to somebody. You know. Right. Um. So, like, what I what I what I think the solution to something like that is though mm-hmm. is you have to have safe harbors always. Um, it can't be a constant go, 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 go. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is something like you see too, like if you've played any survival horror games, um, like uh, Resident Evil did this a lot, Silent Hill I know did this, um, and even Left 4 Dead, mm-hmm. uh, Left 4 Dead did this where you would get to safe rooms um, and you could just, there was a save point there, usually there's some ammunition and stuff like that there right. for, for whatever, um, but what it allows you to do as a narrative beat is have that moment where, after all this tension, you're, you as the player can sit back and just <sighs> relax, mm-hmm. rearm, rest, save your progress, and get back to it when you feel like you can again. Mm-hmm. And I think that's super important for not only your characters and your narrative flow, but honestly your players. Mm-hmm. It, can get, like, it can get to the point where you're dreading going to that next game session. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because it's just too much. Yeah. Um, I think in, in counter to that a little bit is uh, when your players lose sight of why they're doing what they're doing. Yeah. yeah like, yeah. Well, is this MacGuffin really that important? Why don't we just ditch it? Mm-hmm. And unless you've... A lot of times you will... Your your first reaction is to have someone be like, oh, no, no, this is super powerful. It may, you know, and, you know, and try and instill it to them directly. If they want to get rid of it, let them get rid of it. Let them feel the weight of the loss. And what it means. Mm-hmm. Does it impact them? Does it impact people around them? Does it change the state of the game suddenly? So now, like, okay, so they got rid of whatever, the the locket, right, mm-hmm. that they were hunting after. So now someone else has that locket. Okay, so what happens now that that person that they gave it to no longer has it? Because it just got torn from them easily because no one was there to defend it. Some vagabond picked it out of the trash can that they pitched it in. Mm-hmm. That guy pawned it for a quick two gold so he mm-hmm. could get a meal for the night. Mm-hmm. And then that pawn guy was knocked over by the cultists that mm-hmm. night. Yeah. And now the cultists have the locket. Right. And what does that mean? What mm-hmm. does that change? What's the events that follow after that? Yep. And that's where things can get risky for your players and that's where you can start pulling backgrounds that's where you can start pulling from other information to tie them back to the events of of Mm -hmm. what that is doesn't have to start that way always keep that in your back pocket of what it could mean to them oh yeah they will start writing their own tales for that um i think that um you know the cleaner it is the more they know in a simple term if you can write it in a sentence one sentence what it means and what that 
what the power of that item MacGuffin is, yeah, the easier it's going to be for you to set anything in motion later. Yep, yep, yep. Keep it simple. Don't don't go crazy with it because the crazier you get with it, the easier it is for them to be like, well, I'm just going to throw it through a portal, mm-hmm. you know, into another, you know, into the elemental plane of fire. Great. Ha- have done. fun finding it in the astral sea. Yeah. You know, on the other hand, if it's bound to the earth and it goes to hit the portal and literally just passes through the portal as if the portal wasn't there and just falls in the dirt on the other side of it. And you're like, oh, no, mm-hmm. it's an object that can't go through the planes. Well, I'll take it with me through the planes. You go to walk through the, the planar door. Your hand doesn't pass through it. Because the ring is it. literally trying to tear its way through the portal to the other side with your hand attached. Yep. You know, take 15 points of damage. Your finger just broke. Right, 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 <laughs> right. You know, those kind of things. You're like, okay, that's significant. See, I'm I'm thinking too is like if they want to get rid of it, let them. Mm-hmm. You know, but then start showing them the awful things that happened because of it. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, cool. Uh, what do you guys want to do? Uh, you guys go downstairs. You're having your morning meal. Uh, there's a couple patrons talking about a grisly murder that happened last mm-hmm. night. Not really. Who got murdered? I don't know. Some merchant. Yeah. I said nothing was stolen from him except for a locket. And you're like, oh, gosh, darn it. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And it's... and just and just start there. Just just put a murder right on their hands. Yep. Yep. Exactly. And and, and then just... have the town guard come ask them, like, did you see anybody go in there? Was there someone suspicious? Yeah, do you we know anything about a locket? Like, no, we don't know anything. OK, well, let yeah. us know if you do. And just, yeah. you know, walk off. Yep. Oh, God, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Because they're going to eventually figure out that we were there. It's not like we hid our way into that place. And just let the let's just see, see see if you can get the guilt to chew them apart mm-hmm. and put them back on the quest. That's that's always fun. Yeah. Um, but I do think that railroading is a serious thing that can easily happen. It because you really have, is. Yeah. You'll have a vision about where you want them to fight uh-huh. and how you want those ambushes to go and where you want things to end. And you're writing a novel that your players are involved in. Yep. And it's really easy. It's really easy. And my personal opinion is write that opening scene beautifully. Mm -hmm. Make make it an in-media res and make it gorgeous. And then walk away. Yep. Yep. Wait, wait to see what's next. I, I think the, the important thing to do is react to the players step by step. Mm-hmm. Um, and what you more so than ever, when you're writing your antagonist, you really want to like write your antagonist's thesis statement. Yes. You know, what what does in a sentence your antagonist want? Mm-hmm. And every time you start thinking, okay, well, what's the next step in my plot? You should pull that up, read it and think. Okay, with the events that just transpired, with what the PCs have just done, how is my antagonist going to accomplish his goal? Yep. And that's your move. Yep. You know? And in some of the, my favorite stuff is, if this is just a piece in your mind, if this is a longer campaign, and this first adventure is a piece in that campaign that you wanted to throw together, make your big bad evil guy one of the henchmen who is getting his hands to do one part of a a larger cog turn you Mm -hmm. know you know this is the you know this is the pry bar that releases the door kind of effect Mm -hmm. and if he doesn't get that pry bar into position someone above him will take care of it Mm -hmm. you know so now he's going to get taken care of with it kind of a situation and that's when things get ugly and he knows things are going to get ugly for him and he's going to lose his position so he's going to keep throwing resources until he can't throw them anymore yeah out of, he, out of desperation not of self-preservation yeah you know and, and that drives a villain more than anything else mm-hmm. it's not that he's got you know he he's been put in a position to get one simple thing done and you're screwing that up yep <laughs> and he's going to lose everything it's it's always it's always interesting to 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 uh, to, to see your big bad evil guy too, um, mm-hmm. who you think is the mastermind of the plot, turn around and say, "Here, master, I got one of the four pieces you needed," mm-hmm. and then you're like, "Where are the other three? <laughs> what do you mean one of four? I'm like, yeah, no, this this story has been unfolding in four separate parts of the planet. You're just literally some dudes who stepped in front of one of his henchmen." Um. So, all right. Anything of any uh, any other uh, uh, pitfalls and and advice to avoid them that you can think of here? 
No, but I do want to get into the questions that are directly related to this. Yeah, all right. Kulavu had a good one, and I think it, it fits within the pitfalls, and that is, how do you keep players in a chase without railroading them? For example, in a campaign I'm a player, in a, wa- in a water deity has threatened to take our ship. However, the party quickly left the water. It would seem railroading if the DM created an encounter with said deity in the middle of the forest. No, that's that's right. I um, agree. And, uh, uh, but I, I think the thing here is, is that, okay, so the water data obviously has its, its own domain. Mm-hmm. Um, but if it can't continue the pursuit, you don't have to, you know, you don't have to force it. Mm-mm. What you have done though, is you have effectively cordoned off an entire realm of travel for them. Mm-hmm. They cannot set foot on a sea, on a river, on a lake, or whatever without without knowingly crossing that deity. And if they forget and they get back mm-hmm. on a ship, remind them. Yeah. Maybe that ship that they have is now gone. Mm-hmm. It has sank. It's the, the second obligatory critical role reference. Mm-hmm. They have almost exactly the same thing going on right now with one of their characters who crossed an ancient Leviathan. Ooh. Um, and who is... Uh, who <laughs> Just as a... You know... Plus Travis Willingham's art. Mm-hmm. He's just a fluffy golden retriever who's just happy to be there. Mm-hmm. And um, Travis just gets so wrapped up in the joy of playing D&D and in the, in the moment that he forgets that plots have consequences sometimes. And will just frequently get back on ships and act really surprised when this ancient Leviathan sends his minions to come and kill him. <laughs> so... Poor guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I I think that's that's really where you do it. Is is you're you're correct. You can't do it without without railroading. Mm-hmm. So don't. So don't walk so away don't. from it. And if but they ever, leave it, but the moment they step back on the water, that plot is right back in action. Exactly. Exactly. Um, Overwatch then threw in. Uh, we've seen characters chased and hunted in all sorts of books, movies, and shows. Is there anything like that that stands out in some other form of media that you'd love to translate to the tabletop? Um, I honestly really liked the curse effect of the uh, that Pirates of the Caribbean had. Because okay, it okay, wasn't okay. about Will Turner. It wasn't about her. It wasn't even about anyone else. It was about the fact that that coin needed to come back. They were just wanting to go to rest, to be done with it. And they had been doing it for so long, hunting those coins one at a time for so long Mm -hmm. that they're basically maddened by it, by the whole process of it. I liked that kind of storytelling where you've got someone who has literally got minions who are all on the same boat if you will on what they have to do and the players are just involved because of one minor thing Mm -hmm. and because the bad guys never address what the issue is until they're done you know they're like we need you like we need you and it that's it once that's done we're good once we've all spilled our blood we're done Mm -hmm. and you don't find that out until it's almost too late Yeah, yeah but that's that moment of now you know there, there is more to the story. Mm-hmm. There aren't necessarily, you know, the the bad guys aren't as bad as you think they are, but they have done horrific things, and other people are hunting for that same reason. You know, yeah. So yeah. I, I like that story. I, I want to tell something similar without it being the same thing, and I think it would be fun to do. Oh yeah, yeah. No, definitely, definitely. Um, I think I think mine, uh, my big one is the mummy. Mm. With Brendan Fraser, yeah, 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 uh, and uh, I really liked the uh, the sort of I don't know game of keep away they were trying to play with uh, with the mummy as mm-hmm. he you know visited plagues upon them and and hunted down the members of the excavation team and such like that uh, one after another and watching them constantly having to react to this ancient unkillable evil. Um, as it just as things just slowly got worse and slowly got worse and slowly got worse until they finally figured out what they needed to do about them, um, I really liked the sort of uh, procedural um, 
uh, way in which it unfolded because there was there was multiple MacGuffins, you yeah. know? Yeah. There was a series of MacGuffins that he needed. And so it was like, let's defend MacGuffin A. Oh, well, that went, you know, that went poorly. Let's let's defend MacGuffin B now. Okay, well, he got MacGuffin B, but he won't get MacGuffin C. Yeah. And until you're down to your last thing, and he's like, "Oh crap, he's got all of them now." Mm-hmm. Now we, now we, we don't. It's not even defend the MacGuffin. Now it's just a race to stop him from doing the thing with the MacGuffins. You right, know, right? Um, so yeah, no, that that's that's one that I really particularly like. Yeah, uh, you know the you've got the um, Holy Grail concept mm-hmm. where they don't know what they have because nobody really knows what they have, but they've unlocked enough of the secrets that you're like, oh no, this is gonna be bad. Yeah, yeah and then yeah, at yeah. the last second you realize it's not, it's it's you you the players now know exactly what it's going to do, and it's not anything that anyone wants. Mm-hmm. So like, how do we stop it or or take our level of control of that? Yeah, you know. Yeah, uh, there was a, a story that I was reading about where a guy basically had set it up that. Locked inside of a pendant that had four micro keys, like jewels, that were keys for it, was a wish. A single wish. And everyone had guessed what it was. And, it, you know, had had guesses like something in this locket would unlock unlimited power. Mm-hmm. And then there was another story that it could bring someone back to life. And this, so you have all of these people who want this locket. Uh-huh. And there's gems that are required to unlock it. And, of course, three gems are already in the locket. Mm-hmm. Someone's already gotten three of them, and there's three more to go. So you've got – you have to find some. Some people already have them. And so this group is like – their first thought is like, oh, well, we can keep this locket and get the gems for it, or we could sell it to somebody for a lot of money. But then do they get unlimited power? Could they just – kill us for it and so literally the bad people who are wanting this are not necessarily bad but they all want it for very different reasons Mm -hmm. and then come to find out at the very end like now you've got all the players together the lockets there the gems are there they're getting ready to put together deals are being formed between groups about like well once i have unlimited power i can bring back your daughter yeah right you know kind of a thing and it's like he's not going to keep that promise. You know that for a fact. And so now you've got all of these layers of gray at the last scene. Right, 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 right. Yeah, so I thought it was really well done. I thought it was really well done. Uh, Knox actually drops into the live chat here. Uh, Can you be hunted by a thing or event you have to finish, like Jumanji, the board game? Oh, I totally think that that's a thing. I oh, think I, that yeah. survival horror at that point, but yes. <laughs> it, yeah, it's, it, it, that's your verging on survival horror at that point, yeah. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, no, I, I think especially um, if you've got like a, a sort of deadline... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I don't think it's, I don't think it's much, it's much different than, uh, what I just mentioned with the, with the mummy, you know, mm-hmm. where you've got a series of events that are getting progressively worse and you understand that at a certain point, those events unfolding are going to, they're like, they're, because they're getting worse, they're eventually going to overcome you. Yes. And at that point, I mean, if, if you're not, if you're, if you don't win, if you don't stop it, you're just, you're just going to drown essentially in whatever these unfolding events are. Uh, and I, I also think that's a that's a great storytelling technique, um, you know, for uh, – we talked a little bit earlier about showing the PCs that uh, the antagonist is something that should, should not be confronted head on. Mm-hmm. Um, watching them progressively overcome – obstacle after obstacle after obstacle right in front of the pcs mm-hmm. whether whether they, they whether they harm the pcs in the process or not right of just a okay you guys set up those, some defenses that's cute i just break right through them and i steal the thing from you bye mm-hmm. yeah i got the thing i don't need to harm you i'm done right i'm going for thing number two yeah oh okay he didn't even confront us he just ignored us mm-hmm. oh god he ignored us mm-hmm. oh god we're below his for his his notice yep Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. He didn't even monologue. He just left. Yeah. <laughs> he just tipped his cap at us and walked out the front door. Um, yeah. No, I think that's good. Uh, all right. So uh, do we want to go to Knox's or do we want to go I to I want to go to Knox's. All right. I, I want to go to Knox's. All right. So I got some, I got some opinions on You Knox's definitely have some. We have some time. Not a lot, but we have some time. No, we got some time. We got some time. So Knox in the Box asks, uh, what about a story where the players are trying to be caught by someone who unbeknownst to them wants to help them reach their full potential. What are some ways to present, uh, present surrender as a quote unquote leap of faith choice that might benefit them instead of quote unquote submitting to someone trying to force their will upon them? Uh, can you do this and still have tension of being prey? So 
I love this question. It's a good question. It's a really good question. It's um, a great setup. So essentially, the question is: Can you have the person pursuing them possibly be a good guy? Mm-hmm. And I think yes. Well, I think the I, I, well, straight the, up the, answer is yes. Straight up answer is yes. But I think um, in uh, making this narrative work, you really have to ride that gray area mm-hmm. between the light outcome, which is being helpful, and you know, like you said, helping them reach their full potential or whatever, and the dark outcome, which is submitting and them being manipulative and them subverting your will and them turning you into what they want you to be. And now mm-hmm. you're just a, a tool to be used by some dark manipulator. Correct. There's um, a difference between manipulation and guidance. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. No, absolutely. And it's it can sometimes be a very thin line. Um, and and you like I said, you have to ride that line. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have to make sure that you're constantly stay on it, mm-hmm. and and monitor your your players because if they ever start feeling like this NPC is too trustworthy, have them do something shady. If they ever start thinking that he's not, nah, he's just a villain. He's just a villain. Have him do something altruistic and helpful. Yeah. Keep them guessing because that is where your tension lies in not knowing whether or not they can take the chance to embrace them. Mm-hmm. And um, if you embrace them, it might mean giving up control. Yeah. It might mean you get screwed mm-hmm. big time. But if you confront them, you might be throwing away power and you might actually be making an enemy out of a potentially powerful ally. Yep. So... The tension comes in not knowing, mm-hmm. and the longer you want that tension to go on, the longer you have to manipulate your group. Right. And keep in mind that when we're talking about manipulation versus guidance, um, manipulation is for personal gain. So if I am affecting, if I'm the bad guy and mm-hmm. I'm affecting people for my own personal game, I am truly manipulating them. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, if I'm using them as a tool to achieve a goal beyond myself mm-hmm. that is also inclusive of a gain for others as well as them, is it manipulation? Yeah. It is, but it is that It might great... be altruistic, but you're still manipulating. Correct. Yeah. And that's the key is, is that like a, a good thing that hit in my head is, is that when you've got someone who is trying to get them to break into some place, mm-hmm. like, you know, I need this back. You know, so you're having them break in to, to get this because a, a child is is missing mm-hmm. and there's evidence there to prove that this person took it. Right. And so I need you to bring me the, the evidence and you'll find it on, you know, this uh, you'll find it on this USB drive. Right. Sure. Because he doesn't keep it in his system because it could be hacked. So the group goes in, gets the evidence, brings it back. Great. Now you have it. Thank you. Two days later. That guy also somehow has all a bunch of new money, and the other guy is poor. <laughs> and he's like, "Wait, wait a second! What else was on that drive?" Well, I mean, while you were in there, I wasn't just going to have you do one thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. oh yes, the child is much safer now. It was actually his wife's uh, first child who she had uh, uh, had given up for adoption. He was going to get it back and make turn him into the next one of his heirs. Now she was unaware of this. Mm. She's now aware of it. Oh, all right. And then, you know, three days later, he's complaining, you know, he's having you go after another heist. You're like, didn't you just get all of his money? Oh, no, 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 no. That, that went to his heiress. She's now living a very quiet life on her own with the child. Mm-hmm. You just gave it to her? Well, I mean, there's always a handling fee. Now, <laughs> on to your next mission. And just, so this this gray area of like... Who are we working exactly. for? Is this guy a master thief or an altruist or a Robin Hood? Or what, what's, you, you know... What, what's his end goal? And is all these little manipulations of taking people down and shifting money and getting items yeah, leading yeah. to something greater? That's so, good or bad? I, I actually have this exact plot going on. Uh, well, not this exact plot, but, but a, a, a gray... Mm-hmm. manipulator going on right now in my own game mm-hmm. with your character. You do. Uh, for those of you familiar with the Elder Scrolls uh, 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 setting, uh, I have given the Beacon of Meridia to uh, Rob's character and uh, just uh, just asked him to bring it bring it to Meridia's shrine. She's, she'll, she'll have some better words for him. Yep, my character's then. completely oblivious about what this could possibly mean, but has a pretty good idea who Meridia is, and that's about it. Um, on one hand, uh, she is a powerful being that 
um, likes things like life and hates the undead and just wants nothing more than to viciously smite things like necromancers and the undead and whatnot. On the other hand, she is a Daedric prince, which means that she's technically an outsider that does not play by our rules <laughs> and is essentially a god um, who may possibly be just manipulating him and using him to do mm -hmm. her bidding to uh, use him up and throw him away so she can find a new champion after him and yep. keep can continue the cycle. Another tissue. We, we don't know. We don't know, but we're going to find out. That's it. We will. Definitely will. So, and so yeah, writing, writing that, uh, that, that, that mystery in the middle of like, uh, is she's technically good, but, but she's really powerful and has her own things going on and I'm nobody to her. So mm, do I want to deal with that? You know, truth, truth. That's so that's, that's how you do that. So we got some fun questions. It looks uh, to to kind of wrap things yeah, up. Yeah, Heatsink tossed some questions in for once. A rarity, here. but I'll, I'll I'll accept. Uh, all right. So the first question is: uh, What was the most you've panicked when naming an NPC on the spot? I had forgotten to name a major NPC because I didn't oh, think no. anybody was going to ask his ask their name. Oh no! Yeah, it wasn't this game, but it was a previous Seventh C game. Okay, and I was just caught completely off guard, and I had to basically center myself very quickly and be like, "Okay, I need a name that fits that goes with this." Mm -hmm. And I had no names. I didn't have my name sheet with me. I had nothing available. I was like. Crap! I was just totally caught off, uh -huh, uh -huh. and uh, I won't let that happen again. I won't. Let, I definitely won't have that happen again. I can't even remember the name of the PC, NPC, but I remember the feeling and going, "Oh crap! Why did they ask? Yeah, why, why did they ask for this name?" So yeah, um, it's 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 been such a um a, a long term practice of mine to have a bank of names mm -hmm. just sitting there that I can that I can peel one off of, mm -hmm. um. That I I don't I don't actually remember the last time I panicked on an NPC name on the spot. Now what I what I will say is that I have this horrible thing that I do where I'll hear an interesting name, whether it's for a place or whether it's for a person or something like that, and I will file it away as like, oh, that is a good name. I should use that sometime. But I'll forget the context in which I heard it. Mm -hmm. And. Uh, I can think of three memorable times. You know of one. I of know them one of them laughing right now about it. Uh, is uh, because he's one of our patreons. He is. He is. He is. Uh, a, a a friend of the show, Vedran, yes. um, became a major NPC in my game because I saw his his online handle and said, "Oh, Vedran, that's a cool name." Filed it away, forgot where I heard it, and then when I was naming one naming these NPCs, I was like. Vedran, Vedran Telvani sounds like a great dark elf name. Yeah. And then I saw his screen name pop up again after I'd already introduced the character in the campaign and I was like, oh, well. Well, that that that's that's already in play. Okay, hope nobody notices and everybody noticed, of course. Um uh there's a mall near us named Devonshire Mall. And uh I named a village Devonshire one time and every PC at the table went, oh, like Devonshire Mall? And I went, that's where I heard it. <laughs> yes. Th thank you, and also to heck with you. <laughs> yep, yep. I used to grab uh, street names. Uh-huh. Like, some of the older street names were great, especially when I was traveling. I could easily grab street names. Uh, and uh, I had totally forgotten that Westwood was also a game company that was exceptionally popular for a while. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it was the name of the street. And uh, I did use that as a character once and people did recognize it. They were like, Westwood is in like the game studio? And I'm like, oh, I guess, yeah, that's how it would be spelled. Sure. You know, <laughs> it's like, well, that, that isn't nearly as crafty as I wanted it to be. <laughs> my uh, my most egregious one, though, um, because I'm, I'm not a sports fan mm -hmm. uh, and I, I do not watch football at all. Don't follow <laughs> any sports whatsoever. Mm -hmm. um, I was the, the short stint that I ran adventure for you guys. Yeah, yeah. My villain of uh, the, the, the short term, the villain for that one episode was untouchable Tony Romo, mm -hmm. which I later found out was like a quarterback or something like that for. Mm -hmm. A major team. <laughs> Funny enough, most of our group didn't care or notice. I was, I was just like, ah, what's what's an Italian sounding name? Tony, 
Tony Romo. Yeah, sure. That sounds appropriately pulpy Italian, you mm-hmm. know? It works fine. Sure, sure, sure. I need a 1920s mobster. Okay. No, that, that probably works. And they were like, oh, to untouchable Tony Romo. What is he, a quarterback? Is he going to stiff arm me as he runs by? And I'm like, oh, gosh darn it, guys. Come on. <laughs> Cut me some slack. I don't watch football. So the second question, uh-huh. what go-to trope or narrative tool do either of you use when caught off guard or when players do something way left field on you? Oh, God. I don't know. This is like you're you're asking for some deep introspection here. Yeah. I'm trying uh, to think of yours. Narrative tool when we get caught off guard. Um, I think I... I typically tend to uh I get reactionary and defensive. You do. Uh, which is which is a, a bad quality of me in a, in a I story think it's a time. common quality for most. I think it's a common quality, but it's yeah. it's not a good quality. Um and it's something I, I try to you know, you, you always want to roll with it, roll with the punches, you want a yes and and stuff like that, but sometimes when your players throw you a real curveball, um uh, especially when that curveball is like an obscure rule that you didn't realize was a thing. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily like the rules lawyering, but like specifically remembering like when, when uh, Sean threw uh, heat metal on my big bad evil guy. Yeah. And I was like, what does that do? I have to look that up. That one that one spell that I've never seen before. Mm-hmm. And it's like no saving throw. And if they're using a heavy, if they're wearing heavy armor, they're just screwed mm-hmm. for like the next minute. Mm-hmm. Um, and can't do anything, and they're disadvantaged to everything, and they're just taking all sorts of things, unless they want to spend a minute stripping off their armor. Yep. Which, in the middle of combat, obviously, you're not going to. And, like, that, you know, that sort of thing, like, I, I have to, like, swallow that and just be like, I feel like I just got outplayed. No, that's common. It, combat outplay is common. Uh, but it, but it's 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 unfortunately common and stuff like that, so I, I tend to for better or for worse, get defensive about it. And I think that reads into my NPCs who then become very confrontational when uh, uh, when the players do something out of left field. I, my, my NPCs will tend to be like, wait, 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 wait what do you mean? What are you mm-hmm. doing? You know, um, I don't think that's a good way of handling things. I will outright say that, mm-hmm. but it's what I tend to do. I, I agree. It's a, it, it is a common resource for us is that when we when we lose momentum in a direction that we believe we were heading mm-hmm. we tend to get defensive and i think that's i i think that goes back to childhood i think that goes back to playing make-believe and having an image in your mind of what make-believe means and what the rules are in your own head and then that changes in front of you very quickly and shatters your vision of that reality mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. suddenly you you're going to get very defensive. That's that's a, just a natural response. Yeah. I think the best thing that happened to me was 7C for that, mm-hmm. was that I learned that I needed to always, during combat specifically, step back from the table and just let, let things happen. Mm-hmm. Watch the players, listen to what they're doing, and and almost ignore the actions and 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 moments that my NPCs are in. Pull those when they when they're necessary, but otherwise, just let it roll. Yeah, yeah. And because if you get too embedded in how the combat should flow, you're 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 going to get disappointed. Yeah, yeah, and that's that. I I feel like I'm getting better at it. Mm-hmm. It's it's a hard thing to learn, it's... but but it is. And I I, uh, I think one one of the major shortcomings I have as a person is just that I um, uh, it's very triggering for me to feel out of control of my situation. Mm-hmm. And so on a microcosm, when I'm when I'm playing, if I feel like I should be in control of that combat and suddenly I'm not anymore, mm-hmm. then my my own psychological things start kicking in, going, that one got away from you, and I'm like, ah, no, 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 no. So, yeah. yeah, you have to remain calm. You have to be assertive, but you have to remember that the scene is playing out in front of you and mm-hmm. it's part of a group storytelling, even the combat. Yep. And just learn to roll with it. All right. What are we, what are we doing next episode? So our next episode is about narrative flow, actually, and how to get from plot into 
how pacing should go, either in a one-to-one or a one-two-two style. And I'll kind of explain what that means. Yeah, we'll have to, we'll have to define one-two-one one, uh, one, and one-two-two when we get there. But in the meantime, you can find us on uh, on Twitter at ST underscore Conclave, on Instagram at ST underscore Conclave. Listen to us uh, every Wednesday night. Uh, we record live uh, on uh, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on MixLR.com slash Storyteller-Conclave. And join us up on our Discord. You can find that link up on our Twitter and on our website, StorytellerConclave.com. We'd like to thank our Patreon members, especially our name members, Knockenbox, Sam, The Arcane Asylum, Sparkle Motion, Veteran, and Hulavu. Uh, you guys make this so much easier for us every single week, and we truly appreciate it. Our pre-show music is Arcane Anthems. You can find that at Patreon.com slash Arcane Anthems. Our intro music, Beyond the Warriors by Geefrog. You can find that at geefrogmusic.webly.com or on Google Music. You can find our outro music, Only Our Foot Prints in the Sand by Midair Machine at soundcloud.com slash midairmachine slash tracks. And as always, a big shout out to our families, Vicky and Sean. Thank you so much for loving us and supporting us. All of our friends who've sat with us at our tables over the years who give us these great stories to share with you. And you, every single one of our listeners, we love you so much. Stay love safe. You. Good night. Good night.